Hey guys, we just wanted to pop in a listener discretion before we get into this episode. It does deal with discussions of sexual assault. So if this is something that is triggering to you, please proceed to the next episode or go back and listen to one of our previously recorded episodes. Other than that, please enjoy. Bye. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we take credit for all resolved cold cases. That's right. Yeah, it was us. We were involved heavily. Heavily. Mm. It is um, a beautiful Saturday morning. The weather outside is just fucking perfect. It really is fabulous out today. I mean, like, I'm wearing leggings and, like, a three-quarter sleeve t-shirt, mm-hmm. and I feel perfect. Yeah, it's really great. Um, I'm also wearing leggings. They have, like, that mesh panel that goes yeah. down the side. That gives the illusion that, like, you worked out previously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you can see kind of my skin mm-hmm. on my leg, I guess. It's very risque in the town of here. P. <laughs> That we live in. Um, speaking of the town of P, I... <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I have this hoodie. It's a cropped hoodie. Mm-hmm. And I wore it to Price Chopper. And it, it was like I should have been wearing a scarlet letter. I was about to say that. Like, I had on high-waisted leggings. Yeah, and I so had there was this, probably, like, a strip of There skin. was a one-inch band of yeah. my midsection showing. Not acceptable. And it was like I was Burned the madam. The yeah, I was the madam of a brothel. <laughs> or, like, I had... I don't... I don't know. It was... It was crazy the looks I was getting from these people. And I just wanted to be like... My vagina is not out, people. Cool it. <laughs> I think you should wear that to every establishment you have to go in this town. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to go put gas in my car. I got to change real quick, though. <laughs> it's crop top time. Let them tag your vehicle to know it's you. Yeah. They're just going to tag it with a big red H. Ho. She a ho. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, uh, I know what you... Well, I mean... I don't wear crop tops, but when I was sitting in the breakfast cafe this morning waiting on our to-go <laughs> order, like, just sitting there and just, you know, surrounded by the people here and... Mm-hmm. Mostly geriatrics. Yes. It's so comforting to be in a place like that full of old people. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I wonder if that's where my grandpa has his coffee every day. Probably. Because what he... So- the only breakfast place here. Yeah. That's what he does. He goes and he opens the cemetery at like 6, mm-hmm. 6.20. And then he 
goes and drinks coffee. Yeah, probably there. For, you know. Hours. Hours on end. So that's what you do when you're 70. That's really the life I want to live. I wish I was living that life now. I'll go open the cemetery every day. I feel like I'm 70. Like, I had to sit on a heating pad for a while last night. (laughs) (laughs) I think I, like, bent down to pick, like, a fucking wrapper off the ground, and my lower back was like, "Mm mm-mm. Nope. Better get that heating pad. Yeah. So, y'all need to check out our TikTok. Yeah, I have fallen off recently. But it's because it's the end of the semester. I have been doing homework every single night for about two and a half weeks. Your education is really not as important as TikTok. I don't know what you're doing. I know. I have my priorities jacked. But uh, the semester is coming swiftly to a close. Tuesday is D-Day. That's it. It is fucking May, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, so Tuesday is the day that I turned in my last piece of homework and then I will be done for the summer. Hell yeah. So please yeah. bear with us. Our TikTok will resume shortly. Yeah. I've pumped the brakes on TikTok a little, but as soon as I no longer have to spend every waking hour either at my job or doing schoolwork, then I'll, I'll do some TikToking. Hell yeah. So, but there's shit on there you guys should look at. So, we have some cool videos up. Yeah. So, and also follow us on Instagram because I know y'all aren't all following us on Instagram. That's true. We have way more downloads of the podcast than we do Instagram followers. So, we should even that out a little. Yeah. It's at what if I told you pod. Pod. And then our email is what if I told you podcast at gmail.com. So, just go ahead and type something up for that. Yes. Tomorrow is Mother's Day, so... It is. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, all the kinds of moms. You're amazing. Yes, you are amazing. I am not a mom, but almost every woman in my life, aside from Lauren, is a mom. So, happy Mother's Day to everyone I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We had some good-ass breakfast. I had an omelet because I needed it Mm -hmm. in my life, and it really just fulfilled all of my dreams. Yeah. Yeah, I had your regular breakfast of eggs, hash browns, and sausage links. It was very good. The sausage links were, like, the size of my wrist, so (laughs) giant. (laughs) For a sausage link. I don't have giant wrists, I guess, but if a sausage link is that circumference, that's a lot. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. Okay. Beginning's a little short, but we have something pretty cool to talk about today. We Um, do. We are actually doing a murder case that's been unsolved for fucking ever. So fucking long. But that has all changed. Mm -hmm. Like, since a few weeks ago. Yes, this case broke. Broke wide open. And we are talking about Kristen Smart. Yes, 
If you don't know the story, I would be really surprised. Yeah. Even before, I think, the April of this year is when this case really broke. I've known about the Chris and Smart case for years and years. Yeah. Even though it happened when I was still in elementary school, so. It's just one of those names that. Yeah. It's, you you hear that particular name a lot. You get Chris and Smart, Maura Murray, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, we're gonna tell you who she was and what happened to her. Okay, so... Kristen Smart was born February 20th, 1977 in Augsburg, Bavaria, West Germany to Stan and Denise Smart. And both of her parents were teachers to children of American military personnel. So that's, I mean, that's not a normal life. It's pretty cool. I'm guessing that they probably lived in Germany Because of that job. Yes. So, yeah. She had one brother and one sister. And when she was a child, Kristen moved with her family to Stockton, California. She attended and graduated from Lincoln High School in Stockton in 1995. And she also worked as a lifeguard and camp counselor at Camp Makalia, Hawaii. So that's fucking cool. That's really cool. And she was also enrolled at California Polytechnic State University, or Cal Poly, in San Luis Obispo, California, in 1996. So this girl had just a very cool upbringing all around. Like fucking Germany to California to Hawaii, back to California. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. And fun fact... This is actually where Scott and Lacey Peterson attended college. Yes. And they attended it around the same time frame. If I remember correctly, I think they graduated in like 98. Yeah, I think you're right. So Weird. Weird. Okay, so that's like the shortest who was this person we've done. The problem is that, shockingly, there's not a lot of information out there. Which is weird with that childhood. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, when I was researching, like, if you look in our Google Drive, I usually do two documents per episode. One is the outline, and one is all of our sources. Yeah. And our sources are much shorter on this than... I think any story we've done, which is weird. It is weird because it's so popular. Yeah. And I, I think there were probably more sources I could have used, but all of them were reporting on what's currently going on. Yeah. And not what happened originally, like the bulk of the case. So I, I only chose a few sources that were reporting on the new developments. So I was just shocked that there weren't more articles just about that case in 1996. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, Maybe I was just not looking in the correct place. I don't know. I feel like it would have came up. I feel like it would have came up. Yeah. Because usually, like, things like this, you you don't go to, like, academic databases to look for reports on this because 
people aren't writing about true crime in the academic space, really. Yeah. So, I don't know. Very, it was very weird researching this to try and get the full story and it not be just, just like, like a here's few her bullet birthday. points. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what actually happened to Kristen? So she's living on campus at Cal Poly and on May 25th, 1996. So this would have been the end of her freshman year. She's probably finished with classes at this point. Yeah. And it's Memorial Day weekend and she's hanging out with her friends. It's a Friday night and it's her and three of her lady friends And they leave the Cal Poly dorms just kind of looking for something to do. Mm -hmm. So they're walking around just off campus, like where you would see Greek housing and other student housing. Right. And they're looking for like a party or whatever. They're not having too much luck, but a male friend drives by and they flag him down and hop in with him and cruise around. But they just didn't find anything happening that they wanted to do. Which is weird because it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I agree. That is weird. Although, I guess maybe because it says that they didn't find anything that they were interested in. So maybe they were just like, we don't know these people. We don't want to party with them. Yeah, that could be it. Because, I mean, there was probably a lot going on. At 8.30 on a Friday, Memorial Day weekend, off college campus. Yes. There probably was quite a bit of stuff going on. I lived on a college campus for one year, and I did not fit in living on a college campus. I I went to three college parties the whole time I was there. Mm -hmm. No. It was was horrible. (laughs) I. That was when I went to Missouri State in Springfield, and I went right out of high school, and um, I thought I wanted to be an art major. Of course. Who doesn't? Obviously. So I was an art major, and the very first college party I went to with my friend Jenny, I was standing, I think, I don't remember where she and I were standing, like at a bar in this apartment, mm-hmm. and this guy walks up, he was probably an upperclassman, and he asked, like, how are you? Like, is this your first year here? You don't look familiar. I was like, yes, I'm a freshman. And he was like, oh, that's cool. What's your major? And I said, art. And he goes, art majors are hot. And I was like, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Bye. Like he would have, you could have said history and he would have said history majors are hot. It was just, he was so, waiting. Yeah. It that. was like that. It was like Captain Douche. I mean, <laughs> And I think he could see it, like, as soon as he said it, my face was just, like, dead. <laughs> like, my soul has now left my body. It was the worst. <laughs> um, but all the college parties I went to uh, were just like that. So, I think, I don't know. It was fucking ridiculous. But, anyway, so, <laughs> they're having trouble finding a college party they want to go to, but... Around 11 p.m., Kristen remembers that she had heard of a birthday party that was happening on Fraternity Row, which was just off of campus, at 135 Crandall Way. So she suggested that they go there. 
but her friends were just not feeling it. And I get it. Uh, you guys are going to hear Artie again in this episode. <laughs> um, he's precious. He's got a great face. And his bark is is very clear and concise. It's pretty so, cute. So, you're welcome. Anyway. <laughs> so, her friends are like, nah. Not trying to go to a fraternity party. Which, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And at this point, they're probably just like, fuck this. Yeah, it's 11. Yeah. I mean, I guess these girls are 18, so maybe they're like the Jersey Shore and they go out at 11. Yeah. I I don't know. I just can't. I just never had that stage in my life, so I just can't (laughs) relate to that at all. But I'm just, I partied a lot, like teen, early 20s, but I never started partying at 11. We were, like, in the swing at 11. That makes my head hurt thinking about it. Yeah. Like, you're lucky if I'm going to be up to 11. At least, like, like, up and dressed and ready to go somewhere. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know. I guess California is different. I mean, Ariel, who does our music, shout out, when she first got back from L.A., we would make plans to, like, meet her at this bar or that bar or whatever mm-hmm. just to hang out. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be at, like, 8, right? She's like, uh, I think I'm trying to get there around 9.30 or 10. Ariel, what the fuck? I'm 30. <laughs> I can't I can't be heading out at 10 p.m. That's, yeah, that's rough. I mean, come on. You know that I don't party anymore <laughs> and you expect me to just wait until 10 i'm trying to be home at 10 like what am i supposed to do (laughs) until 10 i will fall asleep in the interim thank you (laughs) anyway so her friends aren't interested but she still wants to go Kristen is like i still want to go she's trying to party so they decided to drop her off a few blocks from the location and then head back to campus and They, like, let her go to the party. Okay, so one of her friends was Margarita Campos, and she mentioned that Kristen seemed disappointed that they didn't want to go with her to the party, but reassured them that she would be fine and safe there on her own because she was going to know quite a few people at the party. Okay, now, obviously, we don't want to point any fingers and say place blame anywhere but i think it is important to note that if you're going to a party or if your friend wants to go to a party but you don't just go with them for a little while yeah don't let them go on their own Mm. yeah and don't leave a party early without everyone you came with like go as a group leave Leave as as a a group. group Don't let your friends go to a random frat party on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, just don't. And even, obviously, like... Especially if you're a female. Yes, especially if you're a girl. We all have heard this story so many times. There are so many stories of people with a group of friends, and then one minute one of them is just gone Mm -hmm. because they weren't keeping tabs on one another yeah you know and like that seems very paranoid to say but 
like, let's get fucking real. Yeah, we're telling a story about a girl who was murdered because she was alone. Yeah, unless this is a party that you actually are sure, like, I know the people that are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, just stick with your friends. If if you don't want to go, if you are with someone and y'all have been looking for something to do for hours at this point and you finally find something to do and you're like, oh, never mind. Just be like, okay, I'll go. Let's stay an hour, then go home. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. Compromise, meet in the middle. Clearly, Kristen was determined to go and at least one of her friends should have gone with her. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that those three girls and the guy that they were with, all four of them probably still think of that to this day. Like, oh, I know. If only I would have gone with her. Yeah. The guilt is probably crazy. I mean, it was the late 90s, though. And peep it just... Yeah. Things were super, like, laid back, low-key, like, yeah. no fucking worries. And this is Southern California, San Luis Obispo. It's... Really, like, this is a college campus. Yeah, like, and none an of affluent, this is abnormal. Yeah, it's a college campus in an affluent part of the country. This is not somewhere where there's a huge crime rate. Mm-hmm. They probably had zero thought about something like this happening. Yeah. Yeah. But PSA to everyone out there, don't. Let your friends party alone. Yep. Just don't do it. So, at approximately 2 a.m., Kristen was actually found passed out on a neighbor's lawn by two of her fellow students. I think she knew these two, like these two students knew her. Mm-hmm. One of them is Cheryl Anderson, and the other is Tim Davis. They had both been at the party that Kristen was at um, and they helped her to her feet and started to walk her back to her dorm. So I think they both lived in dorms in the vicinity of her dorm. Mm -hmm. So they were being good people and helping her out, not like fucking leaving her on the lawn. Yeah. So they start walking her back to her dorm, and then another person from the party, Paul Flores, he sees them and offers to help them return her to her dorm, which seems like you don't need a third. She's got two arms. Cheryl and Tim are probably, like, have her arms over their shoulders, and they're fine. And I think she could walk. They woke her up got her Mm -hmm. to her feet and she was walking. So Paul didn't need to be involved here, but he was. So Davis's dorm comes up first since Paul is there. He's like, well, here's my dorm. She's clearly covered. So I'm going to go in my dorm and Cheryl and Paul continue the rest of the way. Well, then they get to Sierra Madre Hall And that's where Cheryl's dorm was. So she goes to her dorm and Paul offers to walk Kristen the rest of the way because his dorm is right next to hers. So he walks her to like the door of the building Mm -hmm. and then he goes to his dorm and 
that's the last time she is seen. Hmm. So Flores stated to police that he walked her as far as his dorm, Santa Lucia Hall, and then she walked back to Mirror Hall by herself. That was the last sighting of her. She didn't have anything on her when she went missing. She didn't have, like, her purse or a wallet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how they know that. I guess they found it in her dorm. That's probably yeah. it. But I also don't... I, I mean, I don't like that she was just kind of left there. Wasn't this the whole plan? To get her to where she needed to lay her fucking head down? Yes. So... It's confusing. Yeah, I mean, she's already been found passed out outdoors. Yeah. So you should... So you just give up, like, mid-mission? You should walk her until she is in her dorm room. Hand on the doorknob. Yes. Yes. So, at least on her floor. Like, if you get her to the floor of her dorm room... The RA or other students are going to get her into the door, but she's at least inside. Yeah. Well, obviously, there's more to this story. Yeah. But, so she is never seen again after this event. Paul Flores says that he sees her walking towards her dorm, and that's it. He goes into his dorm, and she vanishes. Mm -hmm. Well, she's never found No remains are found. Nothing. And she was declared legally dead on May 25th, 2002. So after being missing for six years, she is declared legally dead. I don't like that. I thought that was odd. I thought that was odd because there are some missing person cases like Maura Murray Yeah. I don't think she's been declared dead. No, she hasn't. And that was how long ago? More than six years ago. Uh, Yeah, like 2001, I think. Yeah, early 2000. Bryce Laspisa has been, he's been missing for six years now. Mm -hmm. Wait, eight years. Yeah. 2013. Yep. He's not declared, been declared dead. No. I think six years is premature. I think... If you get to 20, then yeah, six years is just not long enough. I, I know, because I, I mean, there, I mean, I feel like there have been people, like, found before. Yeah. Whatever. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Super weird. So weird. I never found a reason why. I think it's, I mean, it was probably just a family decision yeah it said in 2005 so three years later denise and stan smart her parents brought a civil case of wrongful death against paul flores since he was the last person to see her so i don't know if they want needed to declare her dead so that they could bring the civil suit they might have yeah which seems opportunistic to me a little. Mm-hmm. I don't know. that. When I read that, I thought it was so strange. Not that I think her parents are involved in her disappearance, because I don't. Yeah. I just think it's weird. It is weird. It's All of it's very premature. Wildly so. 
The smart family in their civil suit against Flores was represented by James Murphy, a pro bono, a lawyer, and it was on a pro bono basis. Flores obviously denied any involvement in the disappearance, and his family countersued the smart family for emotional distress. So it's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at the investigation part. Okay, so the missing person report was filed on May 28th, which I feel like is a pretty typical time frame you see on missing people, which is ridiculous, but whatever. Yeah, and also uh, her parents probably didn't even realize she was missing until... Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, because she's a college student. She's not living at home. Yeah. But I, I did read that the police did not take this seriously as a missing person originally. What a fucking shocker. Shocker! So the university police department actually originally suspected that she had just, like, gone on this unannounced vacation, okay? Because they were like, this is this is common amongst students over holidays. No. How many times have... I just need to know... From the university police of Cali Poly. Cal mm-hmm. Poly. Cali Poly. I like that. <laughs> um, how many times has someone come to them and said, my friend is missing? And they're like, oh, they're probably on an unplanned vacation. And that turns out to be true. It's probably <laughs> never. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can go on a spontaneous trip. But you're at least going to tell one person where you're going. You're going to tell some people. Yeah. Huh. I kind of want to drive up the coast and visit Seattle. Yeah. Hey, mom. I'm going to go to Seattle real quick. Bye. Yeah. That's it. You're not just going to go without telling people. So as a result of this, the university police were super slow in reporting her as a missing person to the actual local law enforcement. So... Congrats. Cool, 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 cool. You guys are amazing. But several volunteers searched for her, and some of them were riding horses, and some were even using, like, ground-penetrating radar devices. That's wild. I I don't understand the horses situation. Um. (laughs) I'm going to get on my horse for this. Uh, I I don't get that. I guess you can cover more ground more quickly. Yeah, but and just have, like, an aerial view, kind a, of. A bit, yeah, I guess. All right. I mean. I guess you just feel more, like, official, like, a little Wyatt Earpy. Yeah. I don't know. Um. So, between 1996 and 2007, there were various searches for her remains and other evidence. Some using cadaver dogs, which... You don't know what a cadaver dog is. They're trained to detect the scent of human remains. Mm. There were searches of properties owned by the Flores family, but no useful leads were found for nearly two decades because here we are with new news. Yeah. So the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office. Too long. Too long. Yeah. They're just going to be the county sheriff's office. From here on out. From here on out. Regularly reviewed her case and spent thousands of hours and dollars, of course, during the period of 2011 and 2016. And the FBI 
have her file as a high priority missing person investigation, which is weird since she was declared dead. Right. I just, I don't understand. But I mean, there was a reward of 75000 for information leading to finding her or resolving the case. So it's hard for law enforcement to take missing cases seriously in the first place. So for it to be yeah. an FBI level after she's been declared legally dead, mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, this case has a lot of weird aspects to it. Yeah, you think they would have like moved that one down in the stack a little bit. Like, oh, well, they fucking declared her dead. So let's just move that down. Yeah, because usually in missing person cases, the only reason that an investigation continues and people are still looking for evidence is because the family is like prodding them. Right. Like, more Murray's dad. He is still out here like doing shit. Of course he is. And that's the reason people still talk about the case. Yeah, and that's how these get solved. Yeah. So I'm surprised that the FBI has her case flagged as such a high priority. I mean, I guess the family could still be prodding them to find her remains. Right. But it's hard to say because the information out here is just skint about the original shit that happened. Yeah. So maybe her family is prodding them and and being, like, hyper-involved in this, but it it just isn't clear. Well, yeah, I just, I don't understand why something that happened in the late 90s that really, like, wasn't super crazy, like, she just went missing. Yeah, yeah. Is really on their radar at all. I agree. It makes me think that there's something else happening. I know. So... Terry Black, a Delta area man, offered a $100,000 reward, which is more than what the FBI was offering. Yeah. For Smart's body. Yeah. Um, As you can see, I was questioning this. Yeah. (laughs) This name never pops back up. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who this person is in relation to Kristen Smart or her family. It is not clear. He, his name pops up in this one instance. And that's it. And that is it. Never before, never again afterwards. That is so wild. Why, Terry Black, why are you offering so much money? If you go missing, I'm going to offer, like, not money for your, like, finding just your body yes yeah not i don't want information yeah no don't want to know nope hundred thousand dollars for the body yeah he didn't he it's just so strange (laughs) like if it would have just said for information that would have made much more sense wouldn't have even been that weird even though we have no fucking clue who you are yeah and a hundred thousand dollars dude where you where you got that kind of cash Makes me uncomfortable. Me too. On September 6th, 2016, officials from the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office, god damn it, I said it again. You forgot. We're starting over. All right. We're leaving this in, but we're starting over (laughs) because I have to stick to what I say. The County Sheriff's Office announced that they were investigating a new lead on the case. So cadaver dogs from the FBI were brought in. 
and investigators were preparing to spend approximately four days excavating an area on the Cal Poly campus. Mm -hmm. And after three days, items were found at all three dig sites. And these were all located on the same hillside near Smart Storm. Intrigue. A spokesperson for the sheriff's office said, quote, the items are being analyzed to see whether they are connected to the case, which could take days, weeks, or months. Okay, vague. Vague. Thank you. There's no commitment in that. Um, Absolutely not. As of last year, the items were still being investigated. So, I mean, she was fucking right. Yeah. What's weird is that, so they found the, the shit in 2016, and then reporters say they were still investigating those items in 2020. I don't know anyone who is like a homicide investigator or anything, but does it really take that long to analyze these items or do they get the information and hold on to it until they get more information? I feel like it's the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning September 30th of 2019, musician Chris Lambert releases a series of eight podcast episodes, and the show is called Your Own Backyard. It actually recounts in detail Kristen's probable abduction and subsequent death at the hands of another student on campus. Like you said, you thought Crime Junkie had an episode on this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, really trying to figure out what podcast I first heard, like, a Kristen Smart episode on. What I do for almost every topic that we cover, I will usually, just during the day at work, Mm -hmm. search in Apple Podcasts just the name, like, Kristen Smart. I just typed it in. Yeah. And it'll pull up shows and then the the specific episodes that those shows have produced on that case. No podcast that I already knew had an episode on her. Not, not, I follow so many true crime podcasts. It's disgusting. None of them had an episode on her. Maybe I've, maybe I've just seen like, yeah, TV episodes. I don't even think there's like a whole like, docu-series i don't think there's a full docu-series on it i knew this case and i would have probably staked my life on the fact that crime junkie had covered this case yeah i just feel like they have but i went through their entire episode feed earlier nothing that's so weird so i i'm just i was a little baffled because i could have sworn Mm-hmm. That I listened to them cover this case. Yeah, me too. I don't know. But that podcast has been downloaded over 6 million times. Mm. And this, of course, like renewed public interest. And it actually led to a new billboard being put up in the Arroyo Grande in January of 2020 to replace the original that had been up since 1997. That's so crazy. That is six million downloads. That's wild. Yeah. For an eight episode series. Uh, Eight episodes. Oh, that's fucking crazy. But I mean, that's why people podcast, y'all. Yeah. 
specifically missing people. Yes. That's the whole point. Yes, it is the whole point. On February 5th, 2020, search warrants were served for specific items of evidence at four different locations. Two in San Luis Obispo, one in Washington State, and at a home in Los Angeles County. And Flores was briefly detained during the search. Yes, indeed. Briefly. Okay. So now we're going to talk briefly about the evidence, which is almost nothing. I'm just, there's got to be more. There has to be more. Yeah. That is just not out there yet. Obviously, since this case is still open there is so much Mm -hmm. that is not available so evidence now even up to this day her body has never been discovered but a tenant at the former residence of paul flores's mother found what might have been kristen smart's earring i i don't necessarily know how they could have come to that conclusion mm-hmm. seems odd. Unless there was literally like a picture of her somewhere wearing those. Yeah. But then yes. again, what kind of earring was it? it yeah, Like it, a little diamond stud? Yeah, it never described the earring. The earring was turned over to police, but it was not marked as official, officially part of evidence. Mm-hmm. And eventually it was lost by police. Weird how that happens. Totally. Like, just evidence getting lost. Just willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, we we don't know where that is. Yeah. Weird. Cool. In the summer of 2014, a cadaver dog searched the backyard next to Paul's family home and alerted to police that human remains may be buried in that backyard. So, soil samples were taken and they indicated that there may have been human remains there. However, no further searches were done at that time. Uh, I'm sorry. What? You know what? If a cadaver dog happened to just wander by my yard or my neighbor's yard and alert to someone that there were fucking human remains somewhere, murderer or not, I would just flee yeah yeah (laughs) oh that would be just i could never return of course not no like nowhere near nowhere Mm. near it i'm out because (laughs) even though i didn't do this like clearly they're gonna think i did it yeah it would be that would be fucking crazy so on january 29th of 2021 the San Luis Obispo Police Department confirmed that two trucks owned by Paul Flores had been taken in as evidence. Well, I hope they don't lose it. Right. Both of them. Sorry, we lost those trucks. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to talk Paul. He, as we've said... One of the people to walk Kristen back to her dorm um, the night of the party. And he was the last one to see her before she disappeared. 
Many individuals actually believe that Paul may have been involved in Kristen's disappearance simply because he was the last person to see her alive. But he allegedly stated that they went their separate ways on the night of her disappearance, each going to their own dorm rooms. Great. And Mm -hmm. of course you did. According to one of Kristen's friends, Paul was actually trying to flirt with her at the party and had even fallen on her at one point. However, he told a campus investigator that he did not interact with her until he walked her home that night. So he also had kind of a reputation on campus. And here we fucking go. He was called Chester the Molester by several other students so that's a no it's gonna be a no for me yeah no for me and several women later came forward claiming that he had physically or sexually assaulted them before yes of course so i mean he's he's looking like a proper fucking suspect here chester the molester excuse me dude dude So the alleged incidents from these women's statements actually occurred both before and after Kristen's disappearance. (sighs) Exhausting. This is just Paul. Ridiculous. Fuck you, Paul. Paul was also noticed to have a black eye on the days following Kristen's disappearance. He told investigators several different stories about how he received it. And like we said earlier, they found that bloody earring on his mom's property. It's gone. Fuck that. Yep. Multiple cadaver dogs had been brought in to search through the campus dorms. And get this. Each one. Each one of them picked up the scent of a deceased human on the corner of Paul's mattress. So, yeah. That's some bad, some bad news for for old Paul Chester the molester. Chester the molester. That's First of all, how 1996 is that? <laughs> Dude is fucked. But on February 11th, 2021, less than three months ago, KSBY reported that Paul Flores was arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department in Rancho Palos Verdes, California, on suspicion of being a felon in possession of a firearm, which is a felony. (laughs) Um, So, all around great guy here. Yes, upstanding Um, Maddie and I literally do not judge people based on their past crimes unless it involves harming a human being or an animal. I don't really give a fuck what you did as long as you're a good person. That's right. I mean, I just don't. And and, and the judgment on that is ridiculous. But dude's an idiot. Yes. I mean, come on. You... You know that when you have a felony, you can't have a weapon. No. Well, a firearm. I guess you would probably have a machete if you wanted. But carry don't, a don't machete. Don't get any ideas. Carry a machete. Don't carry a gun. Come on. On March 15th, 
2021, a search warrant was issued to search Ruben Flores's home, which is his dad. Yes. Including the use of cadaver dogs and ground penetrating radar. An older model Volkswagen was towed from the home of Ruben after cadaver dogs searched the vehicle. So red flag. Yes. Yes. Red flag. And we're real quick. We just wanted to talk about some sexual assault cases that were brought against Flores because we just really want to hit you with all all red flag Flores points here. That's right. We need you to know that this guy is a world-class piece of shit. Yeah. So in 2007, police and Redondo Beach were called to a hospital where a woman had come after waking up in a stranger's bed. She was naked and had no memory of what happened and believed she had been raped. I would too. Of course. An examination confirmed that she had had sex with a man and police uploaded his DNA profile to a law enforcement database. And a few years later, it was matched. And guess whose name it was? Oh my God, who? It was Chester the Molester. No way. I'm shocked. Yes. Super shocking. So Redondo detectives opened a rape investigation into Flores, although... He was not charged. Mm. He's also a suspect in two more recent alleged sexual assaults being investigated by the Los Angeles Police Department. So. Yes. Um, So the 2007 rape case, I think the reason they did not charge him in that is because they didn't have a way to actually prove that yeah he raped her because she couldn't remember yeah which is really disgusting yeah so because we've all heard of the date rape drug Um, you could drug someone they forget about it that you raped them and then uh so mm -hmm. i uh, yeah she didn't yeah. have any injuries, so... And I mean, just because you don't have, visi- like, visible injuries. like Right. Th- that's... Yes, you correct. Um, I think it said in the article that if she had showed signs of struggle, they probably could have brought the charge. But I mean... If she was fucking sedated by something. Yeah, if she was passed out drunk, yeah. obviously she's not going to struggle. Like, like I'm not trying to be, like, crude, but, like, I've slept through a lot. Yeah. And if you are under the influence of something so heavily that you do not remember what happened, the, like, the night before. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know everyone said, like, oh, God, I don't even remember what happened last night. Like, subconsciously you do. Yeah, on some level, you have a mirage of memory happening. Yeah. But if somebody has slipped you something. Yeah, exactly. literally have no idea. Mm -hmm. That should not be a pass. No, no. And if, and to me, like, that is one of those, like, she went with her gut instinct on what happened. Yes. So... Good for her. It obviously does not ever list her name because she's a victim. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, that's just how that goes. Okay. 
So let's talk about his arrest. Let's talk about my birthday present this year. (laughs) So on April 13th, 2021, Paul Flores and his father, Ruben Flores, were taken into custody by the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Department in relation to the disappearance of Chris and Smart. So this is three weeks ago. Yeah. They were arrested three weeks ago. Ruben was charged with accessory after the fact, and Paul was charged with murder. So... Investigators have stated that Paul Flores, now this is like a speculation, of course, because her remains have still not been found, but they are alleging that Paul Flores attempted to rape Kristen Smart, although Dan Dow, the district attorney of the county of San Luis Obispo, has stated that the statute of limitations has expired on the sexual assault charge obviously, Mm -hmm. but murder committed in the course of a rape or attempted rape would justify first-degree felony charges. Now, this is what we call the felony murder rule. So if someone is killed during the commission of a felony, then that death becomes first-degree murder. Mm -hmm. It basically just enhances the charge yeah just like wraps it all up so so if you are if you're pulling an armed robbery someone is killed Mm -hmm. you maybe didn't even kill them yourself you could still be charged with first degree murder yeah yeah so that's that is the logic that they are using because even if they were to find her remains at this point they may they they couldn't Probably prove rape, maybe? Uh, I, I don't After know. After 24 years, yeah, 25 years, it's probably really difficult for them to prove that. Mm-hmm. But based on his history, you know, it might be an inference that could be made, an argument made to the jury to yeah. convince them. It's It's very hard to speculate in this manner just because of how old the case is right and there is no this is a no body case currently to me that probably happened yes of course just simply based on the nickname around campus yes the other allegations yes if he murdered someone with a a track record like that i'm sorry like yeah that happened And he had a black eye. Uh, You know, it's one of those situations where he probably managed to finagle her on her own. She's Mm -hmm. intoxicated. He thought this would be easy. He could take advantage of her. She might not even remember. Yeah. And then she fights him, gives him a black eye, and he gets mad and kills her. So... I think that generally is the story that the prosecution is going with at this point. Obviously, they were arrested three weeks ago. It's going to be a long time before they bring this to to court. Oh, yeah. They're not going to go on trial for up for three or four years, probably. Oh, yeah. Without easy, a doubt. Easy. I mean, Kyler used just 
had his trial last month and he was arrested in 2017. Mm-hmm. So four years. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how it, long it, the process is. It is crazy. But there has been some legislation that has come as a result of Kristen's case. And um, it really goes to the campus security procedures, of course. So the Kristen Smart Campus Security Act was put into law. Mm -hmm. So when she first went missing, the slow response by the campus police probably contributed to Flores managing to dispose of her body in a way that it has not ever been found. Yeah. So if they would have acted quicker, you know, she it might not have saved her life, but they could have found her body. Yes. And he could have already been prosecuted and could have probably served 20 years by now mm-hmm. for killing her. Absolutely. So the Kristen Smart Campus Security Act was written and sponsored by State Senator Mike Thompson And it passed 61 to 0 by the California State Legislature and signed into effect by then-Governor Pete Wilson on August 19, 1998. And then the law took effect January 1, 1999. And this act requires all public colleges and publicly funded educational institutions to have their security services make agreements with local police departments about reporting cases involving or possibly involving violence against students, including missing students. No fucking brainer. Yes. This seems like it shouldn't need to be stated explicitly. Like, what's the point of campus security if we're not going to try to secure the campus? Right. And your campus security, you're not actual law enforcement. So if someone goes missing... Do you really think you're qualified to investigate that? Like, do you think you're qualified to say, "Mm, she probably is just on a little vacay? Yeah. You you don't know this person at all. Don't worry about it. It, Even if she has gone on a vacation, maybe call the police. Yeah. Just do your part. The only thing you need to do is call the police. That's literally why you're there. You're a civilian. You're there to break up fistfights and call the fucking police when someone has gone missing. Yeah, and report students who have alcohol on campus. Yeah. Come on, people. Jesus. Yes. So, of course, since this all happened very, very recently, it's all still developing. And District Attorney Dan Dow revealed that investigators believe they know where her remains are located and will, of course, continue investigating. So, here is a quote from... Dow, we have evidence where we believe there's a location where Miss Smart was taken. Hmm. So when asked about any more specifics on the location of Smart's remains and whether her body is at the Flores's family property, Dow responded by saying that Paul's father assisted in secreting the body after the homicide and thus was charged with accessory after the fact. I I don't know how they can make that determination about his dad. Um, but I'm like looking forward to see how that part of it plays out. 
I agree. To me, Paul did it without a doubt. Of course. Whether his dad was involved. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are we thinking that Paul, like, put her body in his vehicle and drove her to his parents' house and was like, oh, my God, please help me dispose of this body? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, that part's weird to me. And it almost kind of makes me feel bad for his, like, I don't know really anything about his dad, what his character is like, but it kind of makes me feel bad. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we will find out eventually what the evidence is saying against Paul Flores's dad. Yeah. So I guess we just have to wait and see what they have against him and yeah and how there has dam- to be something there has to be something yeah um and how damning it is he's also said we do believe we have the location where the body was buried we looked at multiple properties i want to stay away from specifics of course he's saying all this this is all new yeah and dow said he won't talk about the manner of death which will be dealt with in court and here here's another quote from him What I'll say to that is what's generally out in the public. The last place Kristen was seen was close to the dorms and near Mr. Flores's dorms. We certainly believe Mr. Flores's dorm room was a crime scene. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know, I think they they probably have a lot of evidence that we don't know about, obviously. And it sounds like they're on a track to locating where her remains are. Yeah, I mean, they're on the trail. They're on the trail. There's no way this dude was able to dispose this body to where it'll never be found. Yes, that I I think that's true. What I will say is that there are speculations out there on the internet that that her remains were in one spot originally and then moved. So that maybe her body was buried in Paul Flores's family's backyard, like maybe under their deck or back porch or something, Mm -hmm. and then was moved. So 2014, they took cadavers to that backyard. There was actual soil samples taken and all of it pointed to remains had been there, but there weren't actually remains there. Yeah. So... It could be that maybe Paul's dad is charged because he helped him move it then. Could be. And maybe not originally. So who knows what is all happening. We will stay upon this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we, we will need a Google alert. No. Because it's going to be right in everyone's face. Oh, yeah. So we'll keep updates on the smart case. But interesting tidbit, we did state earlier that Scott and Lacey Peterson went to Cal Poly around the same time as Kristen Smart. It has been speculated that Scott Peterson was responsible for Kristen Smart's death. Weird. Yes, I think really it is just... It's pro- it's just proximity. Yeah, it's it's super ironic. It's very ironic that all of them went to Cal Poly and that Kristen Smart was there when they were there as well. Mm-hmm. But 
It seems way too far-fetched for Scott Peterson to have been responsible. Yeah, this this doesn't scream Scott Peterson style to me. No, no. And really, I don't think Scott Peterson would be what we can consider like a repeat killer. He killed Lacey for a purpose. He wanted out of his marriage. Yeah. I don't think he's like a serial killer. No. Or a killer of opportunity. No, no. But that is, it's weird. His name comes up in like every article about Kristen's Mark. Weird. Yeah, super weird. So that's it. It was a really big episode, but it was a quick one. Yes. And I mean, we would have done this episode anyways, even if there weren't new developments. Yeah. But like this is going to be coming out like kind of around the time that she disappeared. It's a Memorial Day in a few weeks. Yep, it is. So it's just weird that there's been new developments. So It is weird because this will also be the 25th anniversary. That's like a milestone number. Right. So weird. That's weird. But we have come to a close and we will obviously update on any developments in what's happening and it's going to be a long road yeah it's gonna you know this is not going to be something where we're going to have like updates every couple of weeks we're not we're probably not going to hear anything new for months probably yeah so i mean it'll probably be a whole episode of updates by the time there's enough new shit out there yeah talk about yeah unless they were to find her remains in the next few weeks which is possible if they're on the path yeah we'll let you guys know about that yeah but that would That'll be the next and probably last piece of information we have for a while. Right. We like to pick cases where there are going to be updates. They're not yeah. fully over. That's true. Can we do more of Murray soon? We can do more of Murray soon. Hell yeah. <laughs> that We might That'll have to be do a, a two-parter. two-parter. Yeah. So, once again, Haley and Ariel, you guys are the fucking best. Yes. You're very highly favored. You have all the talents, all the creativity. We love you both so much that it hurts. It it really, yes, it does. It does. Also, if you guys out there would like to help us out and get our algorithms popping, you can subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Um, if you are an Apple user, you can rate us five stars, please, and write us a review. We would love that. And visit our socials. Yeah, dude. Engage with us. Send us a DM. Send us an email. We want all of it. So get that get that going. Yeah, just just do it. Yeah, but this is the end. This is the end. Of another episode. We promised to get our TikTok on point. Yeah, I mean, if not, Maddie's just fired, honestly. This will be a one-man show. Hell yeah, she'll come over to my house. Yeah, (laughs) still gotta use your shit. I'm gonna need you to write these, um, but get the fuck out of here. Oh shit, that's funny. Um, All right, guys. Well, in the week ahead... We would ask for you to have a great Mother's Day. Oh my gosh. Wait. I have to I have to mention this before we end this episode. <laughs> okay. So, okay. One of my friends 
who I play Red Dead with, Harley, sent me a screenshot of our Lacey Peterson episode. And she said, I'm listening to this while I get ready for Hub's B-Day dinner. Sorry about your goat, Binks. (laughs) (laughs) I said, R.I.P. Sam. And she said, yes, rip Sam. I know you've read the letters. (laughs) And she said this. I said, I was devastated. And she said, I can only imagine. I mean, who steals a fucking goat? (laughs) Oh, so... Harley, I love you so much, Sam. That's that's amazing. I fucking miss you, dude. Damn, dude. I hope you're having so much fun in little goat heaven. (laughs) Goats are, the goats are cool. Goats are fucking cool. And we've, we've been re-watching Trailer Park Boys. And in season nine, Ricky has a goat and he named it Willie. And it, it, he, treats it like it's a dog so it's just like it follows them around he talks to it it's great my massage therapist has a goat that's hilarious (laughs) okay that's really it okay so this is actually the end and happy mother's day to the moms if you're not a mom do something fucking nice for your moms and also be kind and stay weird. Okay, goodbye. Bye.